0: Welcome to Roundhill Radio, the podcast from Roundhill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy in the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. On today's episode, Ed and I discuss the arrival of Advent, how we navigate that in today's culture, and how we can find moments of quiet in the chaos. Welcome to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. And I'm Ed. Hey, Ed. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing fine. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year.
0: Well, I mean, I know Christmas comes earlier every year, <laughs> but isn't that <laughs> yes, a bit extreme? It does. That's a bit extreme. It is
1: a little extreme. Uh, but I think here we are in the cusp of a new year, according to the Christian calendar, at least.
0: Tell me more.
1: Let me explain. So. The Christian calendar operates a little differently from our, our normal calendar, and, uh, and that is that we're coming upon the beginning of the season of Advent, mm. which almost always uh, it begins either the very end of November or early December. It's four weeks long in length, and that is the beginning of a new Christian year. So in a Christian year, uh, it has its own unique seasons and flavor, and we move from Advent into our celebration of Christmas, and then there's Epiphany, and it unfolds like that. So I like to think that we get two New Year's uh, celebrations each year. I hope that's a good thing. Uh, for some, maybe one is more than enough. But for for people in our churches across the land, uh, this coming Sunday is going to be the beginning of a new year and all of its possibilities. So Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you. It's yeah. exciting. Not bad. So that means I only have to keep... My resolutions for a month. I can do it from this year, new year to the next new you, you year. You can look
1: at it that way. Yes. Or you could have two sets of resolutions with which you struggle for the entire year. So, you oh. know, oh, maximize goodness. the difficulty. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> so welcome to Advent. Well,
0: thank you very much. So we have Advent. There's all sorts of liturgical seasons in the church. How did these come to be?
1: It's a complicated answer to that question, and it's a a great story. I think the answer is uh, bits and pieces over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a little bit of digging back into the history of Advent. And uh, Advent, of course, initially was this desire for the church to set apart a time of preparation before Christmas. And uh, there's really great wisdom in that. It's this understanding that Advent isn't just a season, it's also an experience. Mm-hmm. And it happens whenever we want to open ourselves to become more loving, more faithful, uh, more just, more peaceful, and to do all of those things in the way that Christ did. So I think the early church thought the best way to do that would be to keep a period of time, four, five, or six weeks, before the celebration of Christmas, the celebration of the Nativity, mm-hmm. and so that people could really uh, take their time and and get a long lead up to this. I discovered that Advent, when it was first conceived, was actually six Sundays in length. Like Lent. Like Lent, and, funny you should say that, because it was actually a version of Lent. Hmm. There were fast days. Uh, certain days of the week were to be given over to to fasting. And there was actually a lectionary of readings that was created. Now I'm not sure that we we have all of those texts, but the understanding was that you would read through texts from week to week, and this would prepare you for not just the coming of Christmas, but for this this new spiritual experience of being more unified with what mattered most to Jesus.
0: Oh, I like the idea of that. Before we started hit recording, we uh, we were just discussing how many great Advent hymns there are, mm. and how uh, I may, we should maybe start a movement. Six weeks.
1: Six weeks. I want
0: my six weeks of Advent. Yes. I want it. You
1: start that, I'll be right behind you.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> you run full bore into the Christmas rush, and it will be a, a wonderful clash of cultures. Well,
0: I mean, they're starting with six weeks of Christmas right now, it, you know? Right. I saw, I, I heard, I won't name names.
1: <laughs> nope, don't name names. But there
0: were people playing Christmas music, like... Three weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. unacceptable.
1: I mean, probably farther back than that. <laughs> it's just, it's, it, that's just my opinion. That's just wrong. when you came across them, that's right? That's
0: true. That's true. But then I also, sometimes I'm also that person that will just like mid July,
1: just oh, for a giggle, you sure. know? Break out.
0: Break it out. You yeah. shouldn't just have to have the, that festive feeling. See
1: how it feels. So come, all ye faithful. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The week after Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Advent, we're preparing for Christmas. And sometimes, like, it feels like it, even Advent, like, bonks us in the head. Mm. And, like, you know, we have Thanksgiving. And this year's been nice, I think, because we have that sort of, air quote, low Sunday. Yes. After Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. before Advent starts. Mm-hmm. And I like that I have a, like, I have a minute to prepare for Advent. Right. Like, I like the ramp up, because the, like, Thanksgiving Advent one-two punch sometimes feels like a lot.
1: Yes. So, uh, thinking about preparing for Advent... Right. Uh, It reminds me of uh, something that a friend told me once uh, who is she's actually an executive coach and she works with leaders and many different areas of of life and work. And she said that uh, in organizations, it's the pre-meeting meeting that's Uh sometimes the most important meeting, Uh right? It's that one where you stop, you think about what are we really going to accomplish in this meeting? What are we going to set out to do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a wonderful thought to bring to Advent. It's not just that we launch into it, but let's take a little bit of time. You know, friends of mine who meditate will often say that they don't just set the clock at 15 minutes. They actually take two minutes to simmer down. Yeah then they set the clock and they meditate for 20 minutes. And in that transition period, something happens, I think, physically, spiritually, mentally, we know we're making a transition and we're more prepared for it. I don't think we're really good with transitions in our culture in general.
0: Yeah, I think that's a hard time. Actually, our meditation group here at the church, we did on, uh, we normally do a Thursday night meditation. Mm -hmm. And this week, because of Thanksgiving, we did it, um, we did, a thing where all of us in our separate wherever we were took you know 10, 20, however long you wanted to, but at 9 a.m. we all sat in meditation, lovely. And I had a devil of a time. Uh huh. My cat decided that now was a really important time to have lots of things to say, yes. hello, try to eat the plant that would make her sick. You know, <laughs> it was one of those <laughs> things. So I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't, I didn't take a second to prepare. I think that may have been my problem. Yeah. I didn't prepare to to sit in it you
1: didn't prepare your cat i
0: didn't she was not prepared (laughs) pandora was having none of it no it was clearly playing with her time (laughs) prepare the space
1: this is the this is the message here yes that's what we're doing
0: and preparing that space it's um it's a fun thing and all the things that we do in our own homes and lives and friendships that prepare us for christmas and sometimes we do an advent and Right. All those little traditions we have are so special.
1: Well, I was thinking about, you know, we've talked a little bit about the, the background to the season. And I suppose part of it, it's the, the answer to that is it's shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm. But it can be. The other side of that is that we can, it evolves and we can develop it right over mm-hmm. time. And uh, I think the thing that's most meaningful to me about these seasons is that they correspond to human experiences. So let's take Advent, for example. Traditionally, Advent has been a time when people have thought about the the coming of Christ into the world. Mm -hmm. And so here in this, in the back country of the Roman Empire, far away from the seat of power, Mm -hmm. a baby is born in almost complete obscurity. And yet this child grows up to be a mighty force for good and love. And... um, so that's part of the meaning of Advent. And the other part of it is people are also using this time to look forward to that day um, when, if we can even dare to imagine this, when justice and peace and love shall reign across the earth, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're living and working for that day. Yeah. So Advent carries this sense of, of hope and anticipation. And that's why... Uh, as. Every church season has a color that corresponds to it. And for Advent, it's usually blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that corresponds to the color of the meaning of hope. Mm. So uh, I think about Advent as happening at any time in a human life where you're building anticipation for something that is bringing more light, more wisdom into your life Mm -hmm. and of course the head-on culture clash that happens is that as we're building anticipation and advent for that kind of life christmas in all of its full commercial glory (laughs) is now you know on the tracks and you can hear the chug 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 of that steam train that is hurtling its way alongside what we're doing so, it's very interesting to be trying to prepare this lovely space that you described earlier, you know, a time of meditation and reflection, building anticipation for the ways in which we can become more involved in peace. At the same time, the culture is building anticipation for all the ways you can become more involved as a shopper. Yeah. So, these do not always match up terribly well.
0: No. No, not at all. I, this weekend was Black Friday and today is Cyber Monday yes. when we're recording this. and. I couldn't even. I mean, the number of emails from merchants mm. in my in my inbox flooded seventy percent off and eighty percent, mm. and I just had to delete it all because it just became noise. Right. You know, it became overwhelming, and I was like, I will spend ten dollars more to not have to deal with <laughs> you right now.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it, it it the conflict that ensues from this because many of those messages carry this, you know, underlining. Warning, yeah. if you don't buy in the next 10 hours, yeah. this deal goes away.
0: There was literally one that was like only 17 hours left of cyber yes. And I was thinking 17 hours is a really long time. <laughs> I could do so much in 17 hours yes. other than buy this random thing you want me to spend my money on.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, could we could we find a more, let's say, opportune time of year... In which to be practicing a different kind of discipline. I mean, a lot of people lament the fact that Christmas just, in its commercialization, just washes over us. Right, right. right. But my sense is that this is a great time to be a person of faith and to try to figure out how do you maintain and cultivate a sense of center during this time?
0: It's countercultural.
1: It is countercultural.
0: I love that.
1: Yes. It's nice. Yes. And I think that's why the advent hymns, which would be probably an oxymoron for a lot of people, Woo-hoo. are such an interesting uh, part of our life as worshiping communities because again, we've been taught to sing Christmas carols uh, way back, you know, after Halloween ended. Right. And now we're saying, wait a second, There is there are other kinds of voices we want to include here. Mm-hmm. So be patient. And that's tough. I mean, as you know, as a musician and director of music, and pastors know this, that it can be very hard to negotiate all of that with a congregation. Because we're there's a part of us that just wants and hungers for, I think, the beauty and the familiarity of the Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. And then there's this other part of the church that says, yes, we definitely want that to be part of our life together, but there's some really important words and tunes to be sung here mm-hmm. and said here. Let's let's listen to them as well.
0: Absolutely. And I, I particularly like it because in it we find that moment of peace i think we're providing on a sunday morning like a little a little haven yeah of quiet and reflection and and we'll we will sing those carols and i and i'm i love I love having them there because people will sing them. You know, I don't have to prompt anybody right. to sing, Oh, call my faithful. They're going to sing exactly. it, which I love. It's in the
1: memory bank. It's in the
0: memory bank. It's mm-hmm. in there. It's in our hearts and souls. But at the same time, I want to, you know, I really yearn for those. Like we were talking mm. about the creator of the stars of night. Like that tune it's just so beautiful and haunting yes. there's a lot of really haunting melodies in advent yes and i lo- i find so much depth and width and breadth in those tunes and in those texts mm-hmm. there's a really great hymn that's i believe in the 1982 hymnal called a stable lamp is lighted oh, yes mm-hmm. and it takes you through the whole life of jesus mm-hmm. it starts with you know the the lamp being lit and the stable when near the manger and then it takes you all the way and the refrain is and every stone shall cry right. and it's just this like mixture of sorrow and joy and reflection and i always try to sneak it in wherever i can in advent because to me it's just it's like simple and and ethereal and, yes
1: rich uh, yeah and there's there's lent is in that hymn I believe a sense Mm -hmm. of and Easter is in that so yes you do get this great you get the whole story Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. condensed into this one hymn and yet it's an advent hymn you know sort of something that we sing at this time of year and yet it's giving us a chance to look out there at the horizon we have a sense of what's coming down the road Mm -hmm. so I think that um you know part of what I learn out of this is that the church has these wonderful resources and practices that it's been using for hundreds of years. And uh, maybe we're living at a time when we're starting to rediscover some of those ancient practices and the, and the wisdom in them. Mm. And um, so I like to think that that's what's, what's happening.
0: I like that. And you were starting to um, sort of compare Lent and Advent and and how we have this practice of waiting. Yes. Um, I think that's really difficult in in this world where we're not very good at that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch a movie. Let me go on the internet and find it in 30 seconds. Now. Now but right. i have to wait for the dvd to be delivered no 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 that's so 3 years ago yeah yeah
1: <laughs> you <Yeah>, know <laughs> and we will actually over some of these things that take seconds we will say we're waiting forever for this forever. you know why is this not happening in forever. 10 seconds as opposed to something else right absolutely
0: absolutely what, i
1: think that uh, waiting has for many people waiting has a slightly negative connotation because mm-hmm. they're often waiting for bad news so we're waiting for a result from the doctor we're waiting to hear from you know maybe it's a relative in another part of the country who's also going through a medical test and so waiting can be attached to the sense that we're out of control and something um you know, that's dire is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that's always the case at all. And I think Advent is trying to build into us the sense that there's a very different kind of waiting. Mm-hmm. And even, even if there are kinds of news that we're waiting for that uh, over which we have no control and which may not lead to a great outcome, even there, there's a sense that we're accompanied by God through those experiences. Mm-hmm. So God waits with us. We're not alone. You know, I think about all the times that I have been asked to visit or spend time with a family while they've been in the emergency room of a hospital while a loved one is undergoing surgery and recovery and there's a lot of questions. Um, you know, To be together in an experience like that of one person offering accompaniment to another, it's what helps us get through those experiences. And I think that waiting in this sense, in the Advent sense, is having this sense of anticipation that we're, we're not just sticking it out, you know, but that, that there's, there are good things that can happen, mm. and that God is able to bring extraordinary goodness out of even catastrophic situations, so with our partnership. And so it's, it's, it's a different kind of, of waiting. Um, There's one thing I also thought about when I was contemplating how our conversation might go today. I was thinking about a young man who lived uh, in the early part of the 20th century. His name was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer was an extraordinary uh, German man. He grew up in Berlin. He was a theologian. He was also a musician, very accomplished in many areas of his life. Um, He was also, of course, growing into adulthood when Adolf Hitler was ascending to power. And during the Second World War, because Bonhoeffer's family was very well-connected in upper-level uh, German society, he became implicated in a plot to assassinate Adolf Hitler. Mm. And uh, he did that with other family members, and including some other pastors. And he was arrested and sent off to a prison for some time in, in Berlin. And he wrote letters. He was given the opportunity to write letters, which were then smuggled out of prison for him. Mm. And when I read those letters... Myself as a young man the thing that struck me is that he dated those letters very carefully by the church seasons So he would say that he was writing during the season of Advent or writing during the season of Lent and I think that grounded him Mm -hmm. He had the sense that he was involved in this great movement of history that God had been involved in this great movement of a a very very long period of time and that I think it gave him a sense of of hope, and um, so I think that that the passage of the seasons gives us the sense that we're always being accompanied by God through all the various experiences of life, mm-hmm. and and then calls us to respond to those experiences with greater faith and hope and love.
0: And you were starting, I believe, earlier to talk about because I think there's there's we're waiting but we're also preparing. Yes. We go through different actions and different practices um, as part of this uh, ritual season, part of the season. So there's, you know, I, I think what you were saying about the feeling of waiting being a lack of control.
1: Mm-hmm. That's definitely mm-hmm.
0: something I was I, I immediately latched onto. That's very much me. <laughs> what? I can't <laughs> control it? What? Good
1: news. You're not alone.
0: Oh, that is. Phew. <laughs> Um, But I like the idea that in that time I can still perhaps, uh, if only for myself, uh, prepare. Mm. So taking Mm -hmm. time and doing something active so it feels like you're not like sitting on your hands and something magical will or will not happen. And, you know.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I like this idea of preparation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What is uh, it's in one of the Christmas carols this line where meek souls will receive him still yes. the dear Christ enters in. Yes. And I uh, really love that line it's one of my great favorite lines of all the carols. And basically it is about here's what you can do while you're preparing you can create the space. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know in life so often when we you're know, angry about something you feel this big surge of emotion and it just takes up all the breath in a Mm -hmm. body, Mm -hmm. takes up all the air in a room. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, preparing the space is about not letting that happen Mm -hmm. and allowing that to kind of move out of one's life. So you can say, I'm going to prepare myself here by making sure that there's ample room for peace. There's ample room for um, thinking kindly about other people. There's ample room in my life for becoming more involved in the movements of justice, whatever that might be. That's my thought.
0: I like that. I like that. Really nerdy piece of information. (laughs) Most people think in that line where Mixos will receive him uh, still. They think the comma is after still. The comma is actually before still. So it's where Mixos will receive him still oh, that's lovely. the dear Christ enters
1: in oh that's nice
0: you have to play it on the organ very specifically my, my, first, my college organ professor used to put a really big break <laughs> where the comma actually is because it doesn't quite line up with the tune in a, in a sort of funny way so we just have to like bring that out well
1: I love knowing that I don't think that's a nerdy thing at all or maybe it's a good nerdy thing
0: oh um, I, it's probably pretty. It's, I, I, will, I will own the nerdiness of <laughs> okay, that. Okay,
1: you go right but ahead. But I,
0: I invite you to join me in, in, in nerd land.
1: Consider me a, a colleague. Yes. A, a comrade. Fantastic. So I, I think the, what part of what that suggests to me is this. There's a persistence there. Mm. You know, still the dear Christ enters in. Mm-hmm. That, that There's always this waiting on his part to be part of our lives. Yeah. So if we can create that space, he will come. That's good news.
0: And if it's you know still the dear Christ that it's sort of this this thing that is happening yes very active language
1: absolutely it's been happening and it's going to happen now and it's going to continue to happen
0: that's fantastic I was going to ask if you have a closing thought but that was
1: that might I think be that it that might have
0: been it that was <laughs> I, fantastic
1: I think we're going to leave it at that and I'm still going to wish you a happy New Year and happy Advent
0: a happy Advent happy New Year Ed <laughs> Bye-bye. bye bye bye. Thanks for listening. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the members and friends of Roundhill Community Church. You can find more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and roundhillcommunitychurch.org.